0: Okay. Hello, Raw Podcast listeners. It's just me today, Ellie. Um, sweet Jen had some things that she had to take care of and Ella is in Australia or New Zealand. Somewhere fun. <laughs> but I have wonderful Alex Oh, I was going to say White. What's your new last name?
1: Leffold, but White is a lot easier. (laughs) Yes. We can just stick with Alex White.
0: (laughs) We went to high school together, and she's wonderful. And I had this dream that she was on the podcast. And then I woke up, and I was like, I think I need to ask her. So she's going to teach us about her life. And I love having people on the podcast because I feel like from people's life stories, you can gain and learn so much. So. Alex, just... I don't know. I guess I should ask you something first. Uh, Shoot. Just, I guess, start with, like, telling us about your life and who you are and, like, your purpose and where you've gotten to where you are now.
1: Yeah, sweet. Okay. Um, So, I feel like... Okay, so growing up, I... Um, was pretty shy, and then I made a couple of extroverted friends that forced me to really get outside my comfort zone. And as we got older, like go to parties and all these different things. But we all have those. in mind. Yeah. If you're listening, you awesome. know you are. <laughs> and I also have a very extroverted mother, so I kind of feel like I grew up like very at odds with myself. I know it sounds like a weird thing to say, but I grew up in an extroverted world, feeling like I didn't quite belong. <laughs> And I played soccer all growing up, and I felt like I had these hobbies that in ways like defined who I was and like put me into these categories, but like I never felt like I had a passion. Mm. Um, I never felt like I belonged necessarily. I think that's something we can probably all relate to. Definitely. Um, especially in high school. Wow. I know. Dark days. But all our high school listeners, it, it gets better. I it does get better. Um... And as I got older, I feel like those feelings kind of intensified of, like, okay, like, what should I be doing with myself? Um, as I got to college, like, okay, what is my career path? Like, what am I going to major in? all these big questions kind of started pressing in on me. Um, and... Like, the path ahead of me was just... Really. Sorry, I'm going to pause you. Oh, my gosh.
0: So, I know you, after high school, you served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. But then you... I can't remember if before or after your mission, you kind of had, like, a come-to-Jesus moment or, like... Yeah. Talk about that because I think that's really crucial in people's okay. lives. Just for a moment because there's so much more I want to hear about.
1: Yeah. Um. So, I... My freshman year of college... Um, I attended Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah, um, also where Ellie and I grew up, mm-hmm. and I really loved it. I made some really great friends, roomed with a bunch of random girls, um, we had a great time, um, and then come summer months, aware it was kind of a long summer. We're done with school like the first or second week of April of every year, and I just like wanted to kind of get out of Provo for the first time in my life, um besides vacations, like I hadn't spent extended periods of time outside of Utah, and I just felt this urge to leave, Um, not because I was necessarily running from something, or I'd had a negative experience, or I hated home, Um, I just wanted to do something new, and so I ended up going and living with my grandparents in Ludington, Michigan, which is a really small town, up in the northern part of Michigan on the lake. Um, yeah, and commence, like, the summer of self-discovery, honestly. Um, I, it was just kind of a wild four months, to be honest. But it was really great. I really learned a lot about who I was and, like, what my values were. And um, the people in my life that would always, like, stick by my side. Um, and spent the summer waitressing at a golf club. Cute. Um, and going to dinner at the yacht club with, you know, grandma and grandpa. And we'd be home by, like, 9 o'clock. The sun wasn't even down yet. And I would, like, go down to my little room in the basement and, like, turn on Friends and, like, watch Friends till midnight. And that was, like, my day all day, every day. Wow. For the first, like, month and a half. And at that point, I was like, okay, I'm kind of over this whole, like, Nicholas Sparks summer thing. Like, I need some excitement in my life. (laughs) And I started making some friends um, who were really different than the friends I'd grown up with. Like, they weren't necessarily, like, predominantly Christian, didn't really prescribe, like, any set, like, rules or values, which is really, you know, common um, in Mormon culture and in the community that I grew up in. Um, And I just kind of feel like I was exposed to this whole different world that I never had been involved in. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Through that process of making these friends, meeting these friends, you know, trying new things, doing all this different stuff, um, partying a little bit, <laughs> I just kind of figured out who We're I was. we a real
0: podcast, you know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and, and where I and where I I stood on certain things. Um, <clears throat> so I came home from that summer um, feeling like a new person I remember stepping off the plane and coming home and hanging out with a couple of my friends for the first time that I had known since like middle school yeah and feeling it was almost like an otherworldly experience I remember I was two of my friends were driving in the front seat of the car and I was driving in the back and I almost felt like I didn't belong I was like Mm. whoa like I've been transported almost back in time Mm. whereas I felt like I'd had this like really intense summer of self self self-discovery and And kind of had become this, like, new creature, and then all of a sudden I was, like, back into this, like, old version of myself. Interesting. And that was the first time when I really started to think of, like, I think I've largely been defined in my life by other people's expectations. Um, And that really kind of bothered me. Mm -hmm. Like, I always kind of felt like I was a chameleon of sorts, of, like, Mm. I would adapt who I was and, like, maybe even the jokes I would laugh at or, like, my personality even... To, like who I was hanging out with mm-hmm. um because I was a a people pleaser and b um just insecure and didn't know who I was mm-hmm. and so I could just become like whoever I was around and that summer you know that four months in Michigan had broken that habit um because I spent the first part of the summer by myself and then the second part of my summer in completely new environments um I, for the first time in my life, started to really define, like, who Alex White was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to really like that person. And, you know, that person wasn't devoid of making mistakes or, you know, imperfection. But I was starting to really figure out what those imperfections were. And I, like, started to be okay with them. Yeah. Um, which was cool. That is cool. You know, kind of kind of a good moment for a young 19-year-old to have. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for that summer. So... I don't know. I I'm a big advocate for like going and doing things like that. Um, I, after that, um, I decided to serve a mission for, um, my church, and, um, that was also I would say a big definitive moment, moment, <laughs> a big definitive year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> in my life, Time um, and again in a lot of different ways than I initially expected, um you know, you always hear like, oh, serving a mission or, you know, you you might hear in your life like certain things are hard but you don't really know what that means until you're like in it. Um, And I would think that like honestly, my my fourth companion like completely transformed like my life and like my views on the world. Hmm. And it's because she was so different from me. Hmm. Like so, so different from me. Like, whereas I feel like I like to have fun and joke around, and I don't know. I like being outside. You know, I generally like physical activity, those kinds of things. Like she couldn't be more the opposite. Like she was very intellectual, mm-hmm. um, really into music and art, and you know was a philosophy minor, and you know just just so different from me, and so different than like any friend I'd ever had. Yeah, that. Those initial, like, weeks were kind of tough because I was like, oh, like, it was just a struggle to, like, communicate and not, like, communicate about, like, even hard stuff. But, like, I didn't, like, we didn't even have anything in common. You know what I mean? So, like, in the dull moments in the car, I'm like, what am I even going to ask this chick about? Like, Like, okay, tell me about, like, Beethoven. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) So, but honestly, like, the reason why I bring this up, this might seem kind of random, but Like, making a friend outside of my, like, initial friend circle totally set my life, I honestly feel like, on a different trajectory. Hmm. Because we became super close because she was the first person, and this might sound kind of cheesy to you, Ellie, I don't know. She was the first person in my life who I feel like saw, like, my soul. That's not cheesy. And she, like, saw it, and she loved it, and she, like, believed in me, and, like... Because she believed in me, I, all of a sudden, had this desire to just, like, be me. <laughs> and.
0: Wow. Let's be... just sit in that for a second.
1: Okay. Let's.
0: So, someone saw your soul, and because someone saw and believed in you, it gave you a desire to be yourself.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's,
0: that's powerful.
1: Yeah. And, she, I mean, she continues to be, um that person in my life for me you know she now lives in massachusetts ironically where we served our mission but it's funny did she marry
0: someone from your mission or
1: something no um she married a random guy that she met here but um he is in school out there in boston and then she's out there as well working Uh on different different things but they're loving it they yeah that's really cool so
0: like you see uh, me now because you see me, I have permission to like be me. That's that's really cool,
1: right? Which like I feel like sometimes you want to like see yourself and then give yourself that permission, but sometimes that's hard. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But and, I think like, I, I think it.
0: people need people, and so I think when someone gives you permission to be you, it's like oh yeah, I've had it all along that permission, but mm-hmm. like you just opened my eyes to yeah, it, it's like kind a of self
1: realization. Yeah, for sure. Um, Very cool. did so yeah, we roomed together after we served our missions after that year and a half was over and we lived together for a year. And that first year back from remission was the freaking hardest year of my life. And hard in like some of the ways I expected, like, oh, I'm coming home and I feel a little lost and I don't really know what to do with myself. Yeah. and you're kind of just like transplanted back almost again like almost a similar again, yeah. feeling yeah of like i've made all this progress and i feel like i've become this new person and now i'm being like <laughs> freaking put in a time machine and sent back in time and like yeah. have to like deal with stuff like my like my old self yeah and then it's frustrating because you're like it's all, it's like is it one step forward two steps back or two steps forward one step back i don't know but something like that where i just felt like i'm making progress i'm regressing i'm making progress yeah. i'm regressing um but because of this friend I felt like it was definitely like a roller coaster, I had some ups and downs, but she again just kept helping me see my potential. Um and through that helped me through like the darkest days. I commenced to like get into a fairly unhealthy relationship. Um hmm just because of like my own immaturities and I think just some like insecurities on probably both of our parts. Um, And that lasted a really long time and throughout the course of that year and a half of being with somebody who I probably wasn't good for and they certainly weren't good for me. um, My parents got divorced and then I ended up uh, hurting myself and needing a major surgery. So it's kind of like these things just kept happening and throughout it all, like, my day-to-day constant was just kind of like a gray. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of this, like, uh, like I'm just, like, existing. Yeah. And because I had served this LDS mission, and felt like I'd had this, like, new view of myself and, like, I, you know, I, I'm i capable and I'm awesome and, you know I know, I know what Sister White would have done and, you know, she was so great. It, like, almost created this new level of, like, self-loathing because it was like I know where I can be and now that I'm not at that level I like hate myself for it
0: oh my gosh I don't know yeah that makes sense yes
1: Yeah. yeah so a different level of growth at this point and at the time I could not see it um definitely something I can only see in hindsight but um more than that summer in Michigan more than serving an LDS mission, I feel like the two years after my mission really kind of changed like my views on life. Um, and hopefully, like I hope, um, helped mold me into like a kinder person. Because um, before that I hadn't really ever struggled with feelings of anxiousness or feelings of depression um, or you know you I'd always gotten down on myself from time to time but really just like experiencing like I said like self-loathing of just like feeling doing? like you're just not worth anything yeah you know and then similarly being in a relationship that's kind of backing those beliefs up through actions yeah. and through words and um just doing you know mundane things day to day and not feeling like there is any sort of intense joy in my life which now, again, looking back I just was, I just didn't have hope Mm -hmm. you know, there was just this was just life, this was just existing, that's what you did you woke up every day with kind of like a pit in your stomach and laid in bed until you could like manage to drag yourself out of bed, Yeah, and then you just like did what you had to do, like I had to go to work like I had to go to school, like I have to do all these things, and it was just like all crappy and I just like (laughs) was freaking miserable and I don't know. I've, like, talked to a few people about this time of my life, and, like, most of the time it's kind of hard enough to get, like, emotional when I think about it just because it's hard to, like, revisit that dark place, like, just even in memory. Mm. Um, But i found, like, the more I talk about it, and the more that I've been able to, like, relate to people who have been in that place or are in that place, um, like, the easier it is to talk about it. But, (sighs) anyhow... Really a great time that led me to kind of, not to kind of, to where I am now, Um, because it was during this time that I really found, like, what I'm passionate about in life. Um, so, like, at the beginning when you asked, like, okay, like, tell me a little bit about yourself and, like, your passions and, like, where you're at now. Um, I feel like that summer in Michigan directly led to serving a mission, serving a mission you know right after consecutively i went through this really hard time in my life um felt very alone and then through this process it was like all of a sudden i discovered something about myself that like has completely changed like the game and um i had been home from a mission for about 2 years and i was sitting at my stinky job at BYU that i hated <laughs> And talking to one of my coworkers that I was actually pretty good friends with. And um, she just happened to mention off-key, like, oh, hey, there is this barn kind of down over behind Walmart. This horse barn. And you can do, like, internships over there. And they'll give you, like, a free horseback riding lesson a week. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, if you just go, like, muck stalls every morning for, like, an hour or two for, like, three days a week, they'll give you, like, a free horseback riding lesson. And I was like, what? sounds sweet so it seems kind of random but like probably most kids I was pretty horse crazy um like loved horses as a kid like I'm sure like almost every female listener can relate to that like what kid uh, yeah, doesn't like did. horses I, I um horses. but like it kind of was like at a new like an intense level like every square inch of my walls in my bedroom was like covered with horse posters when you were young oh yeah
0: Oh, I had no idea you were
1: loved it. With Every birthday and Christmas, all I wanted was, like, riding horses.
0: Oh, those play horses. Yeah, that were, them. like, pretty big.
1: Yeah. I liked Freaking those, love too. Them. I had some of those. And it was just, like, eat, breathe, sleep horses. Um, and then my good parents, who are not horse people, they, like, would drive me up to Lehigh, and I would, like, help assist with, um, like, handicapped kids, horseback oh. riding lessons. And then it would, like, oh, earn fine. me, like, a half-price lesson, so then I could, like, take lessons. And I did that till I was probably, like, 11. Oh, I didn't
0: know that.
1: And then my sweet grandma would sign me up for horse camps every summer until I was, like, 15. And so I would do these horse camps every summer, and I just lived for horse camp. And it was just the greatest thing to ever have to me. But then I came, like, 14, 15, and then it was, like, all about soccer and, like, Mm -hmm. boys and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So horses totally fell by the wayside. But, like, I still, like, love them. You know, like, like, again, I feel like a lot of people can just, like, oh, horses are so pretty. Yeah. So, just, like, this random friend mentioning this thing at work. Like, oh, like, horseback riding lessons. I seriously was in such, like, a dark, desperate place. It was, like, this little flicker of, like, interest. It was kind of like, oh, that sounds fun. Like, that sounds like something I'd, like, want to do. Um. And it's not like I was just, like, living this terrible life. Like, laying in bed all the time. But, like, even, like, my boyfriend would, like, drag me up skiing and stuff. And I just, like, wouldn't feel happy. You know, I just was, like, so unhappy. And... I just wanted to do this horseback riding thing and ended up going out there, you know, had the little initiation, what's that called? I don't know. <laughs> training. I don't know. Yeah. Had like a training thing and then started doing it. Um, Loved it. Like freaking loved it. Like I was literally in there before class. I had an 8 a.m. class Mondays and Wednesdays. So, I would wake up pretty early. I'd wake up at, like, 6 and go down there and, like, shovel That's horse when crap. That's you know it's your path. I know.
0: When I'd go down there up. and, like,
1: shovel horse poop for an hour and a half and, like, rush home and, like, wash my face and my hands. Like, wouldn't even have time to take a full shower. Probably grossed out everyone on campus. I would, like, change my shoes and go up to the class. And I loved it. It seriously was, like, giving me something. Something to look forward to. Something... That made life. me feel, yeah, life. I was going to say invigorated. Like, same idea. Like, just like, ha ah, like I can just, like, breathe. Yeah. And then, like, a month into it, my boyfriend and I started fighting about it. Like, turned into this thing where it was, like, it's taking too much time away from school and our relationship and all these weird things. And because we weren't in a good space, like, I very much, like, prescribed to that way of thinking at the time of, like, oh, yeah, like. If he doesn't approve of this, then, like, this isn't something I should be doing. But then at the same time, my little horse-loving heart who had finally found happiness was just, like, breaking at the thought I'm not going anymore. So, I kid you not, Ellie, I freaking started waking up at 4 a.m., Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, so that I could sneak to the barn. And I would do all the stalls I was assigned before the sun would come up so I could sneak home.
0: By that and time they weren't even clean anymore. I know, <laughs> I'm just
1: kidding. I know. honestly. <laughs> just kidding. And it was okay. It was honestly scary because there weren't lights in the barn. So oh, I'm in this pitch yeah. black barn by Behind myself. Walmart at four. The in sketchiest the, things happen at Walmart. Four in the morning, mucking horse poop in the middle of like it's not in the middle of the night, but it's pitch black it's outside. And it's middle. just me by myself in this dark horse barn. And so like the horses That's would how much move left I'd be like twit. You know what I mean? I'd like yeah. jump. I'd be like oh my gosh, like somebody's in here. They're gonna get me. started carrying a pocket knife with me because I like weird. thought. I was going like yes. to like defend myself,
0: which like I would have, you know, yeah.
1: but anyways, so I could sneak home and like shower and be like ready for school before my boyfriend would wake up so that he wouldn't know that I was still doing it. And I did that for three months and it honestly completely transformed my life. And this is how I found something I loved. So then I was able to differentiate when I was feeling having feelings of depression. So rather than that being my norm, Mm. I was having something in my life that was making, helping me feel happy and recognize those moments of joy. So there was contrast. And because there was contrast, I was able to start making changes. I was able to recognize like, okay, I don't feel good right now. Like, let's change it. Like, I don't like feeling like this. And because I've had a recent experience of not feeling like this, I have enough like kick in me to try to like get out of it. You know? Um, which also, like, resulted in me ending that relationship, the unhealthy relationship, because it was this huge awakening of, like, okay, this is one of those times when I don't feel happy, Mm -hmm. and, like, I just felt really happy three hours ago at the horse barn, and now I feel, like, absolute crap, and so what am I going to do about it? Um, and once that relationship ended, it was just, like, like a snake, like, shedding a new skin. Um, and I just totally... Felt like it was, like, another big leap of, like, okay, like, go. Like, be yourself. Like, do this thing. And it was, like, the accumulation of, like, the lessons I'd kind of, like, learned. Like, all growing up. But, like, accumulation of those lessons in Michigan. And then, like, my mission. And then, like, the hard two years. And then it just was, like, I'm, like, done with that. Like, I just want to be, like, done with, like, the struggle. um, And that doesn't mean that it was all of a sudden, like, perfect. And life was, like, awesome. Um, I was freaking poor. So at this point I bought my very first car ever. Yeah, believe it or not, I was 21, 22 at that point. i never had a car. Bought my first car, $500 total beater. It was like this old 1989 Subaru. Wow. Um super old little guy named him Benny. Um mm-hmm. like your brother. <laughs> Call him Benny the Jet. Um and around the same time, I started getting involved with horse therapy. And I was able to do that job because I had this little crappy car that, by all means, shouldn't have ran. It was older than I am. Um, but it was just, like, this, like, huge blessing and, like, source of light. Because all of a sudden, I was, like, really independent and could, yeah. like, get around places. Which, like, seems kind of crazy. But, um, Yeah. And I was able to get this job up in Alpine, which is about 30 minutes away from where I lived, um, teaching horseback riding lessons. And that just put me into, like, a whole new level of happiness. Because I was all of a sudden not just, like, doing something for myself, but, like, doing something for others. I was, like, using the thing that had brought me happiness to bring happiness to other people. And because I had so recently been in such a dark place, I really related to a lot of these people that were going through this horse therapy program. So, the place in
0: Alpine was, is, like, the equestrian therapy program that uh-huh. I started working worked for at
1: okay. came.: Yeah. Um, and it's called Bright Love Hope. Little plug. Um, really great program. Started just as an instructor for them. And just, like, loved teaching up there. Just, like, so fun. All of a sudden, I went from having, like, a crummy job and a crummy relationship and feeling, like, miserable at school to being, like, I'm going to take a semester off from school. Just, like, take a break or leave that stress for myself. Work at this place that brings me so much joy, and just like do this horse thing for a little while, I and think just that's like so important giving yourself permission
0: goes. to do things that like maybe aren't like socially cultural yes. norms. It's stressful, but you
1: look at social media and like even your friends, and you try not to do it, and like I think now we're being better about talking about like not comparing and yeah. like living your own life and you know like run your own race and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, it's still our knee jerk reaction to be like so and so just graduated from college, like so and so is applying mm-hmm. to med school. So-and-so is having a baby. You know, you just, you start yeah. thinking all these things. And growing up in Utah County, I was like, okay, I'm 23 at this point. Just bought my first car. <laughs> um, it's fine. And like working a job, not getting paid very much and like dropping out from college, have like no interest in dating, but like, I'm still happy. Yeah. So you have to kind of, like, let go of those, like, benchmarks or, like, those little... Guys, pause that. Re-listen to that. (laughs) Alex felt like she
0: was doing everything different than the social norm, but she was still happy. Yeah. You can be different and still happy.
1: So happy. And I made really good friends up there, and they helped me to continue to grow into the person I was becoming. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you need to, like, always be making these new friends and... I think keeping old friends is invaluable um but I do think like something that I've learned is like there are people that come into your life and flow out of your life and it's natural not everybody's meant to stay um and those that are meant to stay or that you choose to stay will stay sorry I keep interrupting you I read this quote somewhere and it was
0: like May I be humbled by the people who can love me and by the people who cannot. Isn't that kind of sweet? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. I feel like we're kind of talking, the quote went on to say then, like, oh, and I wish I would have screenshotted it because it was just on someone's story. Um, and there's been several times after I read it that I've wanted to share it. Yeah. Dang. Um, and then it, like, went on to basically just say, like, May I be peaceful with the things that I can control and the things that I cannot, like maybe Mm -hmm. may I be aware of it. Basically the gist of it was just like there is opposition in life and because there's opposition, that's how we find joy. Yeah. And I feel like that's what you're saying. Anyway, go on. No, I think that's awesome.
1: It's so important and so easily forgotten. (laughs) I know it's like it's all over the bible all all over the
0: scriptures (laughs) and the second
1: it's like happening in real life you're just like what (laughs) what no
0: i am sad and i think that's so cool that you mentioned like this really dark place of your life because i think we have to have dark places of our lives to find our purpose Yeah,
1: and i think another i think something else is like i've had dark days weeks months like since then i think that's another like weird thing that society throws at you is like if you have this huge growing period or, like, this hard thing and you, like, transform and then, like, you've made it. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, yeah, like you're at the like top the of movies. the ladder and, like, you're good. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're at the end of the movie. Stories. Like, real like, credits. Oh, like, we're good. We love
0: the end. it's
1: like, oh, oh but there's like, so much oh, more. <laughs> just play that movie, like, ten times over, but just, like, little plot twists throughout and then that's real life. Yeah. But, anyways, yeah. I mean, and I just was doing my thing and was super happy um did that that whole fall was just thrilled to be living the life that I was living still like broke as a joke and like you know kind of a little self-conscious about the choices I was making but happy nonetheless and then I ended up injuring myself again so this was like my second knee injury I was needing surgery again and I was just like no like I'm thriving finally like not another step back but this
0: isn't when the horse kicked you this is something else
1: or is um, this when the horse kicked you? no so, yeah so this is second acl surgery of oh, three okay. and i just was like so down and i ended up getting surgery again but then it was kind of like an upward spiral like whereas i feel like the two years before have been like a downward spiral i was finally like an upward spiral so like i had like a little bit of a setback but because i had like one good thing in my life going for me i was able to like get back up on my feet better mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. um and i've since like called it like a keystone success and that sounds kind of weird but like if you think about like an arch and like a keystone um you have to figure out like what in your life is like that keystone and like for so me you kind of like build up the arch yeah and before this is how I keystone? think about it is like you have to find the one thing in your life that, like if you can do it you can be happy or if you can manage that habit or that passion or that activity or like I don't want to say relationship because that involves another person's agency um but something that like makes you feel like you yeah i don't think it's ever, do i don't that,
0: think actually a keystone could ever be a relationship no because that can always go maybe away. motherhood
1: motherhood is kind of a relationship do you think it could yeah, ever be motherhood because like you're a mother always but like this keystone of happiness that like everything mm. else falls into place and like can stay up because of it and for me. And I think a lot of the time, like, we make ourselves
0: open. We have to make ourselves open to this keystone finding thing. But don't you feel like it almost finds us? I Yeah. Like, there are times like where I'm, like, desperately it, but... looking for, like, opportunities. For, like, for me, uh, my passion is yoga. And so I'm, like, looking. But I always feel like they find me. Like, I'm open yeah. to it. Yeah. So, but then it
1: finds me. No, I completely agree with you.
0: Because I don't want to ever discourage anybody like, go look for your passion. And they're like, well, I am. You know, it's like, well, yeah. but, like, also, like, don't always be too stressed out about it because, like, yeah. it also finds Yeah, there's, it. like,
1: that quote. I have, like, a quote pinned on Pinterest that's, like, the more you search for happiness, the less you find it. Yeah. It's kind of, I don't know, like, I was reading this guy's bio on Instagram the other day. He's, like, a travel blogger. And he was just talking about Oh yeah, if you're always in this constant state of, like, searching, then you're not finding. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. Like, instead of being a seeker, like, be a finder. Yeah. Like, just find happiness in the moment. Don't always oh be chasing Oh, my gosh. It. That's
0: exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. He
1: said it, not me. Well, I can't take credit for that. You. That's why I didn't like, have to But it was, it. yeah, just one of those, like, little light bulb moments where when someone says something, like, a little bit rephrased, yeah. you're like, whoa, that makes so much sense in my way. Yeah. But... Yeah, I guess like that's a good way to put oh, like that phase it of my life. Happiness. Is like I just found horses and for me that's what it was. It was horses, which seems so random. And like at times I felt kind of embarrassed. I was like, I'm the weird horse girl from first grade that like never grew up. It yeah, like honestly shocked me when I saw your Instagram yeah. blown up with horses. I yeah, was like Alex is like this horse girl. Yeah, like, I remember I wrote in I rode in my first rodeo. And like people oh, were like commenting on my Instagram post, like, and heck? were like, "Who are you? Like what?" And it didn't bug me at all. Didn't because it was like all you know, like in yeah. love and like jest and stuff. Um, and then like people have been like, "Oh my gosh, I think like, this is the first time I'm seeing the real you." And like I oh. honestly felt like that though. I remember shout out to Aya Wanabe. She commented that and was like, this is is the first time I feel like I'm seeing the real Alex. And that, like, weirdly hit home. And I'm sure she has never thought a second thing about that. But I was like, yeah. Like, it is. Like, it totally is. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) and Yeah. And I just, like, found my thing. I found my thing. And it's... Maybe it's not going to be my totally huge thing in ten years. You know what I mean? Maybe not. I have a feeling it's always going to be a big part of my life. But I found... A passion, and then my whole life kind of like revolved around that, and since then, like life has just like come into place, and it's not because I all of a sudden became super successful. Still haven't graduated from college, not enrolled currently. That doesn't mean you're not successful. I know it's just, but again, like I said, back to those things of mm-hmm. like my measuring stick of success. Mm-hmm. My biggest one has always been school. Mm-hmm. Has always been, you know, graduation, oh, degrees, were those grades,
0: were the, like. Like you said at the beginning, like, you had these, you met these standards, or I don't know how you said it, but that other people kind of had for
1: you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, my measuring sticks of school and financial success and, you know, all these other things just have slowly but surely, they're not gone totally, I still judge myself, but slowly over the last three years have just, like, faded more and more into the background. Where I feel like, especially the last six months, I feel like I'm finally even more like hitting my stride of just like being okay with where I'm at and not like freaking out and like pushing myself to be somewhere where I don't want to be. And I think there's a difference, like we've all heard that quote of like, no growing in a comfort zone, no comfort in a growing zone. Yeah. Um, I think there's a difference between like getting outside your comfort zone like pushing yourself to do new things and have new experiences and like think new thoughts and form new relationships Mm -hmm. and like being in a spot that like you legitimately don't like and for me at this phase of my life there's certain things that just don't make me happy and it's not like oh push through it and like I'm gonna have you know this like new source of happiness when I'm done and I think not to get political, but I think that's, like, one of the effects of, like, our super, super capitalist society is, like, we very much measure ourselves by our productivity and, like, what we have to offer society. And and it's really unhealthy. Sometimes it's okay to just, like, be where you're at for a while. Um, and I guess that's kind of what I've been learning the last little while. <laughs> um, and it's been a really healthy, happy time. And I've seen myself grow in a lot of other ways that I didn't expect myself to. Um, Especially like interpersonally right now. Like one of the biggest ways I've seen myself growing is like in my marriage. I got married almost exactly a year ago. Um, But that relationship is 100% a a product of me finding something I was passionate about. And thereby finding myself. Because up until that point... I dated some nice guys, you know, some really nice guys that had it all go for, had it all going for him, but because I wasn't okay with me, it was like, it just, I just couldn't do it. I just mm-hmm. like couldn't connect with anybody. Um, and then once I found a big source of happiness in my life and then started to become who I was unapologetically, that's when I had not only a desire, cause I always had a desire for a significant other. That just resulted in a lot of failed relationships. Um, that resulted in a really strong desire for a significant other. and But then, like, the actual space in my life for that person. Um, and by space, like, I just feel like I mean, like, the emotional... I was able to spend energy on loving somebody else rather than, like, fixing my own self. Mm-hmm. Because I was finally mm-hmm. in an okay... And, I mean, I'm not fixed. I'm not perfect. But... I wasn't like... You don't need to be fixed. Right. Exactly. Like, I wasn't focused on fixing myself, I guess mm-hmm. is the thing. I was just, again, focused on just being. Mm-hmm. And just yeah being happy. Just being. Yeah. It's just being. Be. Just being me. And be then me. The, all of a sudden, instead like of that. focusing on the negatives and fixing myself, it was just mm-hmm. like, I can love myself and love somebody else. Mm-hmm. This is great. So, anyways, I feel like all the good things in my life right now are a result from finding horses. And it, as weird as it sounds, um, it was a big turning point in my life for me. And I guess if I had like any one thing to say, I would just say, um, do the things that make you feel like you. You know, do yeah. the things that make you feel alive and happy and like the most you you could possibly be. And just do those things. And if you don't know what those things are, figure it out. I don't think there's really anything more important than that in life. Because that attracts joy and love and abundance. And when you're in a space of abundance, you stop focusing on you, and all of a sudden you're focusing outward, and then, like, yeah. that's life, you know? That's amazing. Wow. I feel like I've been blabbing, but... No, you haven't Anyways... <laughs>
0: I, I think that was it. I think that's what people needed to hear. I know that was helpful to me.
1: Thank you. Thank you. That was really awesome. I feel like I needed this more than anything. have had a couple of conversations lately with friends, and it's been like bits and pieces. And I feel like I needed to kind of help, like a self Process it. For sure. Talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I've it. like, I've gone and seen a therapist from time to time over the last three years, but... I think it's always good to, like, hear yourself talk. That sounds crazy. No, but I agree. It's good to just, like, totally hear it and, you. like, have a moment of, again, being and being, like, wow, like, I'm here. And, like,
0: No, I'm all good. serious. Actually, I have such a testimony of this. Because there's been a couple, like, I went to lunch with my sweet friend, Melissa. Melissa, if you're listening, shout out. <laughs> and, uh, oh, there was a couple other people that I was talking to. And it, they were just short conversations, but I just, like, was talking about, like, my life. And it just, like, helped me process and kind of almost, like, decide, like, oh, my gosh. Like, yes, that's what I I needed to do that. Or, like, help me figure out, like, this one thing or the next mm-hmm. step. So hearing yourself talk, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to call it, hearing yourself talk, yeah. processing, it really is so helpful. You probably
1: had that dream of me coming on the podcast so I could, like, have a little come-to-Jesus moment right now and probably have some (laughs) self-realizations
0: probably for a lot of different reasons um before we end let me see what we're doing oh this was a good one um i can you just like let everybody know mainly probably especially me like what is equestrian therapy what's horse therapy like how do you do it what does it kind of help with
1: yeah um so there are a lot of different kinds of therapies and horse therapy um if you're struggling like any sort of major um so is horse therapy different than equestrian
0: therapy? No, not...
1: it they're synonyms, oh. like okay. interchangeable. Okay. Um but yeah, it's definitely I would consider it like a supplemental therapy like if you're struggling with diagnosed mental illness or something like it's not an end all be all. But it's a um,
0: holistic approach which I very holistic approach and I the best love ways. it.
1: Um and at the time When I started teaching horse therapy, I was also in, like, talk therapy. And the combo of the two really just, like, solved a lot of my problems for me. But to get into you asked what horse therapy is. Um, There's a lot of different kinds of horse therapy, so I'll just speak from my experience. Um, We did a lot of um, self-discovery, problem-solving, and becoming emotionally intuitive through um horseback riding with How? young women. That sounds women. like bizarre. To yeah, me. it sounds insane. So okay. I'll kind of break it down for you. Um this program that I worked for um called Bridal of Hope, um they cater to women and young women only. Okay. So for this, if there's any guys listening, sorry. Um but the whole idea and why it started is they believe um that women I think we can all agree are under so much pressure and honestly under assault, you know, just womanhood from every angle is being attacked. And it's hard to find yourself in the world as a man or a woman. Um, but the founders of Bridal Hope just saw this epidemic here in Utah County of young women struggling with anxiousness, with depression, with Mm -hmm. feelings of hopelessness, with just a general sense of not belonging. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of the biggest perpetrators of that being, you know, too much social media intake, um, negative body image, um, and, you know, all sorts of things. And so they wanted to create a foundation that helped inspire hope and confidence in young women through horses. And so how they would do that is they would, you know, they bring girls, um, they would have one hour horseback riding lessons a week just one-on-one with them and their instructor. And they would go through um, different habits and different ways of um, problem solving with the horse. So, for example, um, if a young girl, was, that was one of my students, had, um, let's just say, you know, lots of feelings of anxiousness and struggled you know, with feelings of self-worth, sometimes it's kind of hard to draw, like, the, how, yeah. like, a horse would help. You're like, okay, like, okay, I get that, like, maybe it's fun and, like, makes these girls, like, yeah. enjoy something. something. Yeah, 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 like, okay, yeah, like, I could get it. Like, why a teenage girl would, like, like, go horseback riding, like, sure. But it's seriously so much deeper than that. Um, I guess to get a little bit, like, scientific from, like, my horsey geekness, um, horses as herd animals, um, they, they're big communicators. Um, and further than that, as prey animals, they're not super vocal. Um, these are animals, you know, in the wild that are hunted and preyed upon generally when they're younger or old. Um, but they conduct their communication almost completely non-verbally, um, and through emotions. And so because of that, horses are really in tune with our nonverbal communication Mm -hmm. and with our emotions, Um, you know, because if they are a prey animal at risk of being eaten by a mountain lion, you know, so much as a horse, you know, standing up alertly really quickly and looking off in, you know, the distance can be a warning sign to the whole herd that there's danger. And so they just have these, you know, these systems built in and because of that, they have a really unique way of responding to humans. So, unlike a dog or a cat or, you know, your other household pets, which are, which are predators, you know, dogs and cats think very differently than horses. So, a common misconception, hmm. again, is that yeah, horses are kind of like big dogs. Couldn't be further from the truth. So, horses, it's like fight or flight, almost always flight. Um... So, like, around a horse you don't know, if you, like, move suddenly, like, a lot of times horses will kind of, like, jerk away from you. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll, they they'll respond really intensely to body language and just to the stimuli around them in their environment. And that's because even as big as they are, you have to think of them as prey animals. And because of, like, their psychology of just how they're made, um, again, I think I'm kind of repeating myself, but... They are really in tune with how we are feeling and how we are acting as people. So I'm sure you guys have heard, like, most communication is nonverbal. I don't know if it's, like, 80 or 90%, but, like, people say that, like, most of the communication you do, like, isn't even the words Mm -hmm. that you say. It's, like, your body language and, like, your tone Mm -hmm. and, like, stuff like that. So if you think about it that way, like, and horses can pick up on all your nonverbal communication because that's how they communicate with each other. Is all through their so body language. So is that language. how the,
0: ho- the horse, like makes somebody else aware of their nonverbals, or
1: what do you mean by that? Like, mm... do you want me to give you an example. Yeah. Okay. So, kind of back to what I initially started saying. Like, if you have a girl that's like really anxious uh-huh. and she's coming and doing horse therapy, that horse is going to react adversely to that anxiety. Because that anxiety is telling so the, horse because the horse that there's something wrong. And because the horse is registering something is wrong, they think they're in danger. Does that make sense? Yeah. So because... then the girl is aware that she's having anxiety? Well, so that's how it helps with the therapy part. Yeah. It's because all of a sudden you have this huge 1,200-pound animal. Uh-huh. You know, getting nervous, you know, maybe the girl's on the horse and asking the horse to walk forward, but is kind of shaky and unsure about it. And the horse is like, heck no, I'm not listening to you. Like, mm-hmm. you're scared like out of your mind. Why I would I trust anything that you have to say? Like, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do and try to keep myself safe because you're, everything you're telling me with your body language so and your emotions helps right now, be at peace with themselves. So, yeah, that the horse yeah. learns. So then the horse is like, I'm not listening to you. So the horse has a reaction to whatever you're feeling or you're doing right there. And then, the, and then because it's an animal and they're pure and, you know what I mean, they don't, they're not doing something out of spite. You know, it's, just, it's purely reaction. Um, that gives us as humans a chance to gauge what we're actually feeling and how we're influencing that horse. Wow, so in the example fun. of the anxious girl and the horse similarly getting nervous because he's feeding off of his anxious energy – you know, as an instructor, you have an opportunity to be like, hey, what's happening right now? Tell me what you're seeing in your horse. And then the girl saying, it helps you self-reflect. Yeah, it helps you self-reflect. Saying, well, you know, he's acting like this or he's pushing me around or he's not listening. And then, okay, why do you think the horse is doing that? I don't know. Always the answer. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, let's think about it. You know, I, you know, think about it till you don't know. Just give me an answer. There's no right or wrong answer. I just want to hear what your thoughts are. Then they usually come up with something. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) They come up with something and um, just helps lead to self-discovery of, you know, do you think that maybe your feelings are influencing the horse? You know, how or how could, you know, better not to ask yes or no questions. How are your feelings influencing the horse right now? Well, dot, 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 and they'll get into it. So it helps with this process of self-discovery. And more often than not, like, in the beginning, you kind of have to help with this, like, dialogue and helping them realize it. But, like, a couple lessons in these girls, they'll start to get anxious and then they see their horse responding anxiously. And then because of the tools that we've taught them, you know, and everyone's different, you know, we might teach them breathing techniques or, you know, all these different things to help them calm their minds and calm their breathing Mm -hmm. or get into a good space mentally. Um, And that's really like the crux of the horse therapy is giving them the tools to be, you know, emotionally and mentally successful and then applying it in these real life situations that they're actually interested in. Um, you know, they want to connect with this horse. They want to have a positive experience. They want to learn how to ride. And so giving them the tools to be able to calm themselves down or to, you know, break down an emotional wall or to release some anger, you know, these things are going to prohibit them from having a positive connection with this animal that they do desire to have a connection with, um, gives them the tools. And then they're able to go out and like replicate that in real life. You know, they're walking around their house really upset and mad you know they're much more likely to be able to recognize okay this is how my actions are influencing the people around me if they've been practicing recognizing that in an animal um and I mean there's so many more things than that you know there's been studies done that you know placing your hands on the side of a horse and letting your breaths rise and fall with the breaths of the horse like helps calm anxiety and helps you know reduce um you know signs of depression all sorts of different things but I think what it really comes down to is um, I, like, I just have a testimony that the creator put horses here um, to help man. And I think that horses, you know, history was written from the back of a horse. You know, that's that's a quote you'll hear in the horse world. And, you know, it's true. (laughs) You know, wars were fought on horses and, you know, lands, you know, there's so much in history that was decided by who had the most horses or who didn't. Um, That's kind of fallen by the wayside in the last, you know, century or so. Um, uh, The invention of the automobile. And now horses is very recreational, except for the few people that use them for, you know, their jobs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which isn't a common livelihood anymore. But I still think that one of the innate... I still think the innate purpose of horses is to help man. And I think one of the gifts that God gave horses was this was this ability to emotionally connect with humans because as we kind of moved away from needing them, like, physically, I think he kind of knew we were going to need them more emotionally. Um, So he gave them all these tools to be able to help us. And that's not to say you can't have those connections with, like, dogs and cats and stuff. But, again, um, whereas you might have a little bit of, like, an emotional response from your dog if you're feeling really stressed, it's going to be amplified ten times more by a horse because because so. they're prey animals and because they are just wired to respond to emotions and to body language so helps people recognize it, helps people work through it and we give them the tools to successfully do that it's just like magic so love oh. horse therapy if anybody is interested yeah, um I think you can contact me or ellie and we can give you some good pointers but oh i don't know much but i'll, I'll put you in contact with Alex. <laughs> <laughs> wow thank you you're welcome
0: that was great you're thinking about it go
1: ride some horses and i promise you'll feel happier after
0: oh i believe (laughs) that me and alex one day are gonna start a holistic center and alex is gonna teach horse therapy and i'll be that's the dream doing the yoga all right anything else
1: that is all thank you for having me thank you for being
0: here and listeners uh if you have any questions always we want to hear from you and answer them and i will tag alex in our instagram so sh- yeah you're good if people go over there and ask you questions yeah, absolutely so it. ask her any questions you have okay bye